Welcome to NARAL's The Morning After. Each Thursday, our podcast brings you the latest on reproductive health care, progressive politics, and the fight to keep abortion safe and legal. NARAL's The Morning After is a production of NARAL Pro-Choice Ohio. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ProChoiceOH. Enjoy the show! Hi, I'm Gabe. I'm Kelly. And I'm Jamie. What's up, Gabe? Uh, I got a cold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you sure it's not allergies? No, it's a cold because I hung out with my little nephew last weekend. Mm. And Jam factory. He had like green snot trails. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I was like wiping his nose with my own hanky, which mm, then it's a hanky, bad. so I, uh-huh. I was asking for it. <laughs> you totally were asking you for were it, You're the only dude. person I know that uses a hanky. Well, I'm an old man. What do you want? You're really that is. old. Yeah, see? I'm wearing a cardigan. Okay. He wears a cardigan, he carries his pocket knife, and he has a hanky. He really is like a good old 75-year-old in a 30-something-year-old body. Yes. I wear cardigans. Okay. <laughs> uh, so moving into the discussion of the day, uh-huh. uh, we have two topics today. Do you want to start by explaining what happened in Toledo? No, but I will. So although we got the transfer agreement from ProMedica and the clinic has now satisfied every legal requirement required by the Department of Health and Ohio law and everything else. The clinic is Capital Care Network, Toledo's only remaining abortion clinic. Yes. Um, It... um, It got a notice from the Ohio Supreme Court. So the Supreme Court ruled, which is what got us to ProMedica giving the transfer agreement. So they ruled against the clinic a couple of months ago. Right. Um, When that happened, the clinic actually filed a motion to reconsider, forcing the court to try again, basically. Okay. We pretty much knew it was a failed attempt, but you try everything you possibly can when you're in those situations. Um, So the court ruled yesterday that they were not going to, they denied the motion to reconsider, basically ending all possible consideration of the case. So this, technically this is a a court with a different makeup than previously because now Bill O'Neill's no longer on it. So this is actually, for the first time in a while, an all Republican court made this decision. Yes, it did. Okay. And there was no comment or no like ruling. It was just denied and moved on. So, um, although they have, like I said, fulfilled every legal requirement, they are have temporarily been forced to stop performing surgical abortion procedures at that clinic in Toledo. So, right now in Toledo, there is no place a person can go to get access to surgical abortion care in their community in Northwest Ohio. But they are still performing medical abortions. Yes. Medication. So, yeah. So, you can still get a medication abortion um, at the clinic. That goes through nine weeks, six days, so through, through your ninth week of pregnancy. Okay. Um, that's how long the FDA says it's effective for, and that's how long they go. Um, And so you can still get access to that care there. And if you call that clinic, they can help you get access to services in other places, either their clinic in Columbus or there's a clinic right across the border in Michigan to get access to that care. So this isn't just affecting people in Toledo. I mean... Where where were the patients coming from that this clinic served? I mean, this this clinic served a lot of people, not just a Northwest Ohio area, but also um, northeastern 
Indiana because there's not a clinic up there. Whole Woman's Health has actually been trying to reopen a clinic in South Bend and has um, been failing spectacularly because of Indiana's Department of Health, not right. for anything they're doing. but It's basically still Mike Pence's administration yeah. rejecting uh-huh. it. Yeah. I mean, we think our Ohio Department of Health says ridiculous things, and then I go and read what Indiana said about the Whole Women's Health Clinic, and I just want to like rip my eyes out because I can't believe I just read what I read. Right. Um, so... So, yeah, so they served people from Indiana, from Ohio, from southern Michigan. Um, so they served patients from the whole tri-state area, really, in that in that clinic. So really that whole area of this part of the Midwest is really without an abortion provider right now. And, I mean, if it's if there's a clinic closed in Toledo, that means those patients are going elsewhere. So it's gonna where there's going to be longer appointment wait mm-hmm. times in Columbus and in those clinics in Michigan as well. Yeah, I mean, we saw that um, when the the second to last clinic in Toledo closed, the Center for Choice in 2013. The statistics came out in 2014, and um, national statistics came out, and there were only two states in the entire country that year where the number of abortions increased. Those two states were Michigan and New Mexico. If we think about it for a second, Michigan was getting all the Ohio patients. Right. And New Mexico is right next door to, oh, Texas, who was dealing with the same kind of things, actually to a much bigger degree with their House Bill 2 fight. Right. So, you know, these two states that year that saw increases in abortion numbers were seeing those increases because people were coming across the border into those states to get access to that care. Right. The abortion bans in each state didn't cause uh, an actual decrease in abortions. No. And, and it certainly didn't cause a decrease in women seeking abortions. Yeah. They were just paying to travel mm-hmm. to get the procedure. Yeah. If they could pay. Yeah, if they could pay. Something also um, critical for folks to know, if you are somebody in Northwest Ohio and need access to a surgical abortion procedure and can't afford to travel, need money for gas, need money for lodging, if you had to stay overnight, those kinds of things, there are funds both in Toledo and the state with, with the um, Agnes... Reynolds Jackson Fund. The Aggie Fund. The Aggie Fund. And then um, Women Have Options, Ohio's statewide abortion fund, also has some money for, for those kinds of services as well. If you call the clinic that you're trying to go to to get access to care, they should be able to help you um, figure out how to get access to that funding. Okay. And so for people who are interested in helping, not seeking an abortion, but they just want to help... How can how can they get involved? Well, in the show notes, we'll put links to both the Aggie Funds um, Bolathon page and Women Have Options' Bolathon page. If you donate via that Bolathon page between now and April 30th, um, that donation is actually doubled. So all the money raised this week for the Bolathon, which happened in both of these places last weekend, but the fundraising continues to the end of the month. Um, this last week of funding, all those donations are doubled. So your $10 donation becomes 20 or 50 becomes 100 So What does that donation do, though? That donation then provides access to care. So the money goes directly to patients needing access to abortion services to pay for the procedure or to go and um, travel to get access to the procedure they need. So people can make a donation right now yes. that will help someone pay for an abortion or get to a clinic yes. to get the procedure. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yes. Okay. Do we have, a, do we have an idea on when services uh, would be restored? I think it, it really depends on how quickly the Department of Health acts. Um, okay. We um, have seen them take a while. We've seen them not take very long to do various things. So it really depends on how quickly they can get things um, rolling um, and approve the new license. Hopefully this is a couple of months. Um, and, but we'll certainly let folks know if, if things look like it's going to be longer. 
And we're waiting on the Ohio Department of Health. Yes. So can people contact the Department of Health? Yes, they should totally contact the Department of Health. We'll put in the show notes both um, just the director of Lance Himes' email, but also a link to a form you can use through our system just to generate an email to him. And you can actually tweet at him. I think it's just at Lance Himes <laughs> on Twitter. So you can tweet at him and tell him to um, move this application through the process quickly to minimize any impact to access to care in Northwest Ohio. Light can, up his mentions. You can mm-hmm. up, start up a conversation about the cabs. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's story number one, <laughs> the Cavs. <laughs> did you watch the game last no. night? No. Did you see? Did you see our boss's uh, reaction? No, I went to bed. So LeBron hit the game-winning mm. three-point shot, and Kelly Copeland like was the most excited person on Twitter. I mean, she really feels <laughs> that LeBron is like you know the the, the core coming. of her hometown pride. Mm. <laughs> So we are officially a pro Cavs organization. So, is there another basketball team in the state? No, no. <laughs> I mean, Ohio State, but you know, not professional. And I kind of feel like I, I didn't actually watch the game live, but I was at the women's final four here in Columbus last month and earlier this month. God, it feels like it's been forever ago. I know, right? Um, and there were two games where Notre Dame won with like game winning shot at the buzzer, and so knowing how that feels to you know. Watch your team go like that hard. It's pretty impressive. So. Notre Dame, uh-huh. better than Mississippi State or UConn. I mean, come on. Okay, okay. Uh, story number two uh, is about. <laughs> did you know Hannah, our our Northern Ohio organizer? Do you know she's a Yankees fan? Isn't that the worst? I did know that about her. Uh, and you still it's, hired her? It's not as bad as being a Red Sox fan or a Patriots fan. Uh, Yeah, that's true. They're all really bad. Yep. Okay. I can't Uh, really fault Yankees fans because my other half is also a semi-Yankees fan, although it was really just um, for a single player who's no longer there anymore, so I don't know how much of a Yankees fan she really is anymore. But Go Braves. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm like just the weirdest person in the song. (laughs) (laughs) uh, My my soul requires me to root for the Reds because my entire extended family is from just north of Cincinnati, and I feel like my grandfather would like come back and haunt me from the grave if I ever rooted for anyone else. Although this is not the year for that. No, well, it's never really the year for that. But I became a Cubs fan because again, my partner's really a Cubs fan. The thing about being from the South is like there's only one option for your baseball team for like five of the states. Like there's no Alabama, Tennessee, South Carolina, North Carolina. There's only the Braves until you go to Florida, and who's gonna do that? Then there's like five teams. Well, yeah, I mean, you can have the whole argument of is Florida really the South anyway, so. The Panhandle, yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. I have had this argument. Yes, Yes, the Panhandle is. Mm -hmm. It is, most definitely. (laughs) I will 100% agree with you on that one. In South Carolina, is that that what they teach you like in kindergarten is how to discuss whether or not Florida is (laughs) I don't know. I didn't go to kindergarten in South Carolina. (laughs) Oh, okay. I went to kindergarten in Georgia. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, same question. (laughs) What I learned, I learned Georgia history in third and eighth grade, which is like when y'all learn Ohio mm-hmm. history, I'm assuming. Yes. yes. So I learned all about like the Trail of Tears and our state bird and <laughs> Magnolia <laughs> and, and Ray Charles. <laughs> and the War of Northern Aggression? No, never called it that. Really? No, never actually already called it that. <laughs> I also went to a very good public school system, though. That's cool. 
Shout out to Fun Catherine. legislative fact. If you ever get annoyed with all those ridiculous bills that are in the Ohio legislature, that's like the state amphibian or the state candy bar or the state sandwich. Those are all fourth graders learning how government works yes. and Bless talking to their legislator about how to introduce a bill and introducing a bill. So you can like blame all of the fourth grade teachers in Ohio for that fact. Bless them. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> the Georgia state bird is the brown thrasher. Way better than the Cardinal, which is like the state bird of 500 other states. So it so was boring. it was the name of a hockey team. And it's not a very intimidating bird, so it's funny. It's really not, but <laughs> it's oh well. a little tiny little bird. Tweet, tweet. Tweet, tweet. Okay. Point number two on our agenda. <laughs> <laughs> Moving topic. on. Uh, so what what Mike do I do? I mean, in general. What didn't he do? <laughs> I mean, in general, he's a dweeb. But um, <laughs> DeWine, more like dweeb. <laughs> Cracking ourselves up today. So um, last week's listeners heard about how the um, federal court ruled against the state of Ohio and supported the fact that Planned Parenthood should continue to get funding for six programs that Gabe will name in a minute. Um we said last week when we were talking about it that um, we were waiting for DeWine to decide whether or not he would appeal that ruling and encouraged him to stop wasting taxpayer dollars on this stupid lawsuit. And I'm um, shocker. Guess what? He didn't listen to us. He must not be a narrows the morning after listener. Right. <laughs> and he should be. Um, and on Monday or Tuesday, he announced that he was, in fact, going to appeal the federal court ruling that upheld that Planned Parenthood should continue to get these funds. It must be nice to spend other people's money for your frivolous lawsuits. Mm-hmm. Right. So de- DeWine appealing, filing this appeal, yes. says that he does not want Planned Parenthood to get these funds. He doesn't want Planned Parenthood patients to benefit from these services. It's not, yes. even, it's not even just Planned Parenthood clinics, though. Yeah. It's right. any family planning clinic. No, right. these are actually any place that provides or promotes abortion or contracts with somebody who provides or promotes abortion. So these actually includes hospitals. Um, it would include anyone that worked with us. Um, because we would be promoting abortion. Um, but just any hospital that employed a doctor, if that doctor yes. was providing referrals, mm-hmm. that could trigger this funding ban. Yes. So like half the providers at Planned Parenthood um, are contracted. Well, actually, they're all contracted, but like they all are, have day jobs as like not abortion providers. So they're mm-hmm. all like OB-GYNs or family practice. So like... Yeah. Any, uh, so any entity that they work for... Mm-hmm could be ineligible for these money. I mean, it's not like every state dollar and like Medicaid dollars and those kind of things. It's just these six programs. This includes Ohio State, like the like yes. the university uh-huh. hospital. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. so the funds specifically blocked, I'll name them off and if you want to talk about which uh, what each one does, the Violence Against Women Act. So that actually is a specific program on rape prevention education. So all of that bystander education and those kinds of things on preventing people from becoming rapists, that's what that program is. Mike DeWine doesn't want Planned Parenthood to help prevent rape. Yes. Okay. The Breast and Cervical Cancer Mortality Prevention Act. So this was actually a program created in the 90s um, by the federal government that um, was looking at disproportionate um, mortality rates for breast and cervical cancer for low income and women of color. So they created this funding program for early detection um, and and other screening programs to make sure that they're catching breast and cervical cancer early enough so that these people can be treated instead of die of these cancers. Okay. Mike DeWine doesn't want to help stop breast and cervical cancer. It's 
uh, Infertility Prevention Project. So this is really funding for people who are thinking about getting pregnant. So a lot of these are actually what we call reproductive health life plans, which are really a kind of interesting way of thinking about. So I want to get pregnant at some point not right now. So right now I do X, Y, and Z to not get pregnant. But in the future, a year before I want to get pregnant, I should probably start taking folic acid and prenatal vitamins. And like, so how do you become a healthy person by kind of setting yourself up for success? And then what can you do to limit infertility issues? Uh, so Mike DeWine doesn't want Planned Parenthood to help people. Planned yeah. Parenthood? Planned Parenthood. Yes. Uh-huh. Pretty much. <laughs> Uh, the Minority HIV AIDS Initiative. So this is actually paying for testing um, for um, HIV tests in the minority communities around the state. So Mike DeWine is okay with black people not having access to HIV tests. Yes. Okay. Uh, infant Mortality Reduction Initiative. So this is um, mostly a program out of Youngstown for the Planned Parenthood. Um, it's a statewide program, but Planned Parenthood pretty much primarily does it in the Mahoning Valley Um it's called Moms to Be, and it's a um, program for women while they're pregnant and then in the first year of their child's life to make sure that they have a healthy pregnancy and that the child is as healthy as possible to reduce infant mortality rates. Okay. Which Ohio has a big problem with. Yes, it does. Shocker. And right. we're just going to take that money away and just decrease that program. Right. We're going to take it away from like the... most recognized brand in reproductive health. Well, I think the biggest thing with all of these programs, and it's something that we haven't talked about in a while, but is so important to, to know is that all of these are competitive grant programs. So that moms to be program continues to get funding every five years or whatever the funding cycle is from the department of health, because when Planned Parenthood applies for it, tells them about the program, they are the best people to serve the most people for the least amount of money. So yeah, there might be somebody else that runs a program out there, but they're not going to be as effective and efficient as Planned Parenthood is. So they're not going to serve as many people. They're going to spend more money doing it. So why shouldn't we be looking at the most effective, most efficient programs to do what these programs do? Right. I mean, it's not like we're just willy-nilly saying, oh, here's Planned Parenthood, we're just going to give you all this money. They compete for this money against other people, and they are granted the grants because they are the best. Right. Instead of helping prevent infant mortality, Mike DeWine is taking funds away from the people who can do the work to help people. Luckily, there's a court to stop him from doing that, but yes, that's his goal. Uh, the last one I've heard referred to as PrEP. It's mm-hmm. the Personal Responsibility Education Program. What's that? Yeah, so this is actually a sex ed program. It was started in the Obama administration, actually. Um, and it is a sex ed program specifically targeting youth in the foster system and youth in the juvenile justice system. So two very high-risk, at-risk populations for STDs and unintended pregnancy and those kinds of things, making sure that they have the information to not get pregnant on, when they don't want to be and to prevent um, the spread of sexually transmitted infections. So you're saying kids in foster care, uh, kids in juvenile detention, those are both populations where they don't have access to their parents to yes. give them good guidance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so this would be a program to teach them how to make smart decisions. Mm-hmm. Mike DeWine doesn't want them to have access to this yes. curriculum. Again, yes. Okay. Uh, so he is, uh, again, filing an appeal to uh, reverse what was a unanimous federal court decision from the Sixth Circuit. Mm-hmm. They said, no, no, Planned Parenthood should have access to this money. Uh, John Kasich's defunding bill is unconstitutional. 
Um, yeah. And I think actually it's kind of ha, not ha ha funny, but ironic funny. Um, you know, when we hear about all the antis who protest outside of the clinic and we talk, start talking about clinic protection bills and those kinds of things, they always scream, it's my first amendment rights. You can't violate my first amendment rights. Well, this is exactly the argument Planned Parenthood is using. If you're saying I can't get access to this money because I said these things over here, I promoted abortion. I told somebody how to get it. I provided abortion care. That they're violating our First Amendment rights to free speech. Right. So, you know, if it works for you, it works both ways. So everybody has their First Amendment right to free speech, and that's really one of the main reasons the courts came down on that side. And I think it's hilarious because you say it was a unanimous decision. It's like a when they do the federal courts, that first level is like a section of the federal bench. And it was unanimous in that section. Um, yes. Yesterday, the executive director of A Higher Right to Life tweeted that he was really excited that Mike DeWine was um, appealing the case because when it went to the full bench, they were going to win. And I'm like, if a s- randomly s- selected subgroup that included Bush appointees, right? <laughs> actually, I think Bush and Reagan appointees, I think it had two... Two Republican judges and a Democratic judge, I think. This was, is not a liberal bench. No, this is not a liberal bench. I mean, this is the Sixth Circuit. This is the, the circuit that said, oh, yeah, gay people not being allowed to marry, to marry is totally constitutional. What are all these right. states' problems? This is that same court, not a liberal court. So, you know, Mike Anadakis from A High Right to Life is on some, like, alternate planet universe where he thinks that, you know, going to the full bench, they're going to magically win when they're just not going to. I mean, we have a lot of issues with Mike Anadakis in general. Yeah. So. yeah. I'm not surprised we don't agree with him on this. No. (laughs) Fundamental disagreement. So this one being a case in the federal courts, there isn't really a way for people to get involved in the case. No. It's just in the courts. But we can start talking about why Mike DeWine is doing what he's doing. Mm -hmm. The damage that his (laughs) anti-abortion agenda will cause by targeting these other funds and all the different patients and clients that it would impact. Yes. And why he most certainly should not be the next governor of the state of Ohio. Unfit to lead. Okay. Uh, more like to weave. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of a fun. Um, so continuing talking about court cases and their mm-hmm. impact, uh, the state of Indiana has a Down syndrome abortion ban uh, that's basically the same. It's it's wrapped up with other legislation in a, an omnibus bill, mm-hmm. but it's basically that part of that bill is the same thing as what Ohio's passed. Their Down syndrome abortion ban got blocked by now a second federal court in Indiana. So their governor appealed uh, to the n- next level, and that got struck down. So now we've seen... Using Indiana as an example, it is twice unconstitutional. Mm-hmm. So as Ohio's case continues, um, as uh, as being pushed by the ACLU and several of our clinics, uh, mm-hmm. we have this crystal clear example of why this idea is still unconstitutional. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's really not a whole lot more to say about that. Right. I mean, we, yeah, we've talked about this a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Although, what is omnibus? Uh, a bill with several things. Oh, yeah, because they had their Down syndrome and fetal tissue remains yes. in the same bill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Whereas yeah. Ohio tries to do it in two. Mm-hmm. Right. It was it was a really nasty, just lump everything together. Yeah. Texas's House Bill 2 was also an omnibus abortion bill. Oh, okay, cool. They just shove them all into one. 
Yeah. We'll probably see some. We I mean, also it sounds efficient. <laughs> we we also in in lame duck like to call these same bills Christmas tree bills. Oh, good. Because people like this 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 Christmas tree is is up and ready, and so I'm going to hang my ornament on it too because I want to get my piece in it too. Right. So, yeah, Christmas tree bills. Um. Yeah, the, there's nothing much more to say, but but that decision by the Indiana courts came down this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, what also came down in the past uh, two weeks that we didn't talk about was the state of Kentucky has a bill similar to our abortion method ban that was blocked. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got you know two states neighboring Ohio with federal courts saying, hey, these abortion restrictions that your legislature has been pushing forward are unconstitutional. You cannot do these. We're stopping them we're blocking and we're putting on hold uh and so that should be a clear message to state legislators that the things that they're considering are bad ideas so you would think but then we you know pat introduce things like you know total abortion bans that you know execute women so right yeah <laughs> hey made till season two dropped yes it did <laughs> just relevant <laughs> I still have yet to see that show. The first season? Yeah. You you were part of the... Okay. I, I don't have Hulu, so... You're welcome to borrow mine. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so, I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, our D&E ban is still sitting in committee. Um, yeah. And thankfully, our legislature takes a nice little break um, before election days, so... It's almost like they don't want to, or like, stir up any stuff before they have to go to the polls. <laughs> Yeah, usually they, they like to stir up a little stuff before my primary day because they all are Pay trying to, to me. Um, out-conservative each other, which is evidenced by what I'm watching on my television screen right now. Right. Um, but I'm like Trump. No, I'm like Trump. Um, but they... Um, we'll see when they come back. They come back like the 15th of May. We'll see if the day and ban moves or if the um, fetal tissue bill has been waiting for a floor vote in the House moves. I'm not pregnant we'll this summer. <laughs> That's nice. Um, okay, so in uh, news that broke just this morning before we sat down to record, Bill Cosby's been convicted, guilty on all charges. So it's good. Finally, he doesn't have a plane. <laughs> yeah, I guess he. I guess the prosecutor wanted the the like hold him immediately because he has access to a private plane and could travel anywhere in the world and like i guess he like screamed cosby screamed in the courtroom that he doesn't have a private plane oh i didn't hear that yeah it was some reporter tweeted it it was in the npr article i was reading about it so obviously he was really excited about being found guilty um (laughs) i was like i feel like saying no no i don't no i don't just kind of proves that you were already thinking about that (laughs) Right. I just want to give a shout out and a thanks to Hannibal Burris for bringing this all to light. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought that stand-up comedy could change the world? Nice. I know some comics that would probably like to change the world. I would yeah. like them to change the world, too. I don't know if they're going to do it on stage, though. Probably not. But, did, yeah. <laughs> did you see this morning Trump called into Fox and Friends? And ranted for a full 30 minutes. I heard a portion of what? it. They, oh, yeah. they replayed full it on hour. MSNBC this morning, and I was listening on my drive-in this morning. And How can you even defend that if you are on Fox and Friends? You're just like, I got to deal with the president who's just yelling at me for half an hour. Oh, they, yeah. They, they were you sitting could... there on the couch and like awkwardly trying to like cut in and say, but Mr. President, Mr. President, and trying to ask him questions. And he, he it was ranted. just like a locomotive of crazy, just <laughs> steaming straight through with this stream of consciousness. 
for 30 minutes. I'm so uncomfortable. <laughs> so was everybody watching. <laughs> yeah, I didn't actually see it, but I was listening to it on the radio and you could hear they were trying to break in with, but, but, uh, and they like oh, seriously yeah. would get a word and a half in and he would just keep right on. So what was like, what was the topic of like, what was the topic? All of them. All of the topics. Yeah. But he's like, going to take over the justice department, but he's going to wait until after this whole Russia thing's over. Um, he thought that if cooler heads weren't going to prevail, that we would have went to North Korea or nuclear war with North Korea. Nuclear? Nuclear war with North Korea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're definitely a product of the Bush years. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I mean, just he talked about everything. And it's you got to watch the video because because he phoned in. The only camera shot they had is just the host. And they're sitting there on that weird couch just like. I hate it. Nervous. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> they well, kind of deserve that. I mean, they yeah. let him on the air oh, yeah. and they thought that the, he wasn't just going to rant for a half an hour. I mean, they deserve this for has so Has a president many ever just called into a news show? I'm just so baffled by this. I'm sure it was like set up and they thought, oh, we'll have him talk for two to five minutes. But then he just what is what is his, like What is the breaking point for this presidency? I don't understand. Everybody's praying we find out. Uh, I doubt and it exists. That nobody gets killed. <laughs> I doubt it exists. Mm-hmm. No, it was funny. I was at the Indigo Girls concert a couple weeks ago, and <laughs> one of their songs is about not dying in a nuclear war. And it just kind of went, huh. Yeah. <laughs> Don't I, you I love sure it when things are perennially relevant? Because so. <laughs> it was definitely a song written probably in the late 80s, early 90s, when, like, nuclear showdown was what much more likely. You can't hug kids with nuclear arms. Yes. <laughs> and all of that stuff is most definitely coming right back again. Nuclear. You want to talk about Minnesota's basketball team? <laughs> sure. I guess we already talked about some basketball. We did talk about some basketball. I was just really excited because one of my favorite players, Lindsey Whalen, is actually was named recently the new head coach of the Minnesota women's basketball team, which is very exciting and very cool. She's young. And it was actually interesting. I was listening to another one of my favorite podcasts, Burn It Down, which Gabe turned me on yeah, to. Podcast recently. recommendation. We'll put a link to that. Yes. Show um, feminist sports. You really can't beat it. They had a whole show about Kobe's complex relationship with women's basketball, which was fabulous. Um, but... Um, they were talking about how Title um, Nine, which guarantees equality and access to education and sports for girls. So this um, is University of Minnesota coach. Yes, okay. University of Minnesota. And um, but she actually also plays on the Minnesota WNBA team, the Lynx, and I think she'll be the second only player to actually coach and actively play at the same time. Don Staley was the only oh, that's other cool. one who coaches for South Carolina. Go Gamecocks! Um, and if they had made it to the final four, I would have totally rooted for them. Um, but I'm really didn't. sad they didn't because I was excited for them, like to, for the final four to be in Columbus. I was like, I can go see. The, I, I can't, can't go see nope. them. <laughs> but um, yeah, so one of the things that they were talking about on that other podcast was that um, Title Nine really increased access to women's sports in general, like as players. But when you look at the number of coaches, when Title Nine was actually put out, eighty percent of coaches were female. Eighty percent of women's basketball coaches were were female. And that number is a much, much smaller percentage nowadays. Hmm. Um, Notre Dame, actually, one of the reasons I like them is that they have a female head coach, but they also have an all-woman coaching staff. Every member of their coaching staff is a woman. And they're one of the very, very few schools that did it. She was actually the only, Muffet McGraw was the only woman's coach in the Final Four. 
the other three teams all were coached by men. Boo. So it's just really excited to see a young woman like Lindsay um, taking the helm at Minnesota, another Big Ten school. So go Big Ten. And we'll see what wonderful things she does there. Okay. What's coming up in the event calendar? I don't know, but I want to say that there can't be aliens because if there were, then Donald Trump would have told us. Just wanted to share that thought. (laughs) Probably true. (laughs) I'm disappointed. (laughs) That was my biggest fear. Well, I guess I'm not disappointed. I'm relieved because it was my biggest fear as a kid of being dubbed up by aliens. (laughs) I watched too many shows like that on the History Channel. Okay. What's coming up? You and Uh, Dennis (laughs) Kucinich. No comment. So, uh, upcoming events include, well, there's a um, compassionate care train this weekend in Cincinnati today and tomorrow in Cincinnati with RCRC. I don't know if that one another thing. Oh, it should be. My bad. Um, No, that's my fault. I do my best to go behind you and do what you don't do. Yeah. (laughs) April 30th is coming Monday. We have a Columbus electoral phone bank. Um, Beltane is May 1st. That's all I care about until mon- <laughs> until Tuesday. Um, uh, so the the phone bank. Uh, how can people sign up to volunteer? You can go to our Facebook. Um, uh, you can otherwise email me Kelly K E L L E Y F as in Freeman at prochoiceohio.org. Because um, I know people don't use Facebook, but you can find out the information if you email me. And then we have one in Dayton that'll be May seventh. Um, so that'll be fun. Uh, between now and then, uh, sorry. Uh, it's fine. Uh, May 1st is... Beltane. Uh, uh, Labor some- Day. Actual Labor Day. <laughs> okay. I'm done. <laughs> uh, May 1st up in Cleveland at the Bottle House is an event called uh, the Story Club East Side Spring Break. Oh, yeah. That's a fundraiser for NARAL. Yes. It's like an open mic and you can like hear stories about... That are spring break themed. Mallory McMaster, our C4 board chair, is going to be there telling stories. Yes. Cool. So uh, look for that one in the show notes. Uh, and then May 6th is the next Crafternoon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're going to be making stencils. Stencils. Pro choice stencils for sp- spray chalkers or, or spray paint. I don't know. I'm not going to tell you what to do with your stencil after you leave them. Oh, okay. I just didn't know if there was a afterward stencil. use for said stencils. Not specifically. Okay, cool. But I mean, not planned. They could be. They could be very fun for spray chalking outside of the clinic because spray chalk lasts way longer than spray and then regular chalking. You do realize people we don't like listen to this, right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, May seventh. I've got a. I've got a power washer. I can take care of it. Crafternoon is at Holy Craft. Yes. Uh, May seventh is the next. That was your Dayton phone bank. Yes. At the Westwood Branch. Mm-hmm. Library mm-hmm. And in Dayton Apparently that's a recently renovated branch So it's going to be pretty nice to show up Cool um, May 8th is primary day So vote, 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 vote We'll be calling Naraj Antani's uh, For Naraj Antani's opponent that day So you Zach should Dickerson. really come out And go to that phone bank Yep uh, May 8th, the evening of May 8th So after the polls are closed Stand up for choice uh, which benefits, benefits Root, root. Mm-hmm. Yeah so, it's a two-year anniversary show, right? Yes, it is. Nice. I'm not on this show. <laughs> you know who the comedians are that are on the... Uh, I know Bianca or... Moore is. She's a local comic. Um, I know there's somebody from D.C. Catherine Jessup, I think is her name. And I don't remember off the top of my head who else is on it. Cool. Okay. Uh, and then the last thing that's on our event calendar I want to mention, uh, our friends at Lady Parts Justice are going to be back 
Uh, they're going to yes. have a show in Columbus at the Ace of Cups, June 24th, mm-hmm. which is the evening, uh, the Sunday of Comfest. Yes, the uh, Vagical Mystery Tour. So after you get done with Comfest, head up to Ace of Cups mm-hmm. uh, and get to... There'll be a comedy the show and then, there'll be a, and then there'll be a talk back yes. with uh, a clinic worker and maybe me. I don't know. Nice. <laughs> cool. Yeah, we'll see. That'll be good. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think they're going to do a thing at the solar stage, too, yeah, they, during nice. ComFest. Yep. Nice. You can probably meet some of their staff at our at our FOCO booth. Mm-hmm. Cool. It'll be fabulous. I will be at Cincy Pride that day. Yes. So link for the event calendar is in the show notes, so mm-hmm. everybody can see the stuff and sign up. Uh, anything else? Don't think so. Okay. We'll see everybody next week. Bye. Bye.